Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last. This is Beyond Synth episode 99. Think about that for a second. 99 episodes. That means next time is episode 100. And if you're wondering if I got something special planned, I don't. <laughs> I think some people thought I was going to do like a multiple guest episode, you know, we'll have a little celebration, but I don't think I have time to throw that together, but I think you guys will be happy with what we do on the 100th. Maybe I finally have a conversation with somebody who people have wanted to hear on the show for a while, but of course that could be several different people, so even that could probably be disappointing to somebody because everyone is always disappointed all the time and those people need to shut up. And uh, just accept that um, this is not the way to start a show. (laughs) This is... If you're always wondering why, like halfway through all my sentences, I just start giggling, it's because I don't write anything down. So I get on the microphone and I go, oh, I'll, I'll be fine, I can make up stuff. And then the second I get on the mic, I always realize that I can't make up stuff. For some reason, it's a lesson I still haven't learned yet. And uh, who knows, though, maybe, you know, once we hit episode 100 with Beyond Synth, we enter into a whole new era of Beyond Synth, one where I'm completely confident where the show starts, and instead of goofing around and not understanding anything, I have this regimented plan. It'll be a completely different show. No more self-deprecating humor, no more, uh, you know, fumbling with my words and giggling. It'll just be like, hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. You know what it is, and you fucking love it, you dumb fuck. Like, I mean, that'll be the way the show is going to be from episode 101 and on. Let's listen to some music. We'll get to some business. Today is part two of my conversation with Perturbator. Seems people enjoyed uh, the first one. It's always nice to uh, hear from Perturbator, because it was a long time since I had talked to him. But of course, today it is not a long time, because I talked to him last week. Let's listen to a track. This is my old buddy Droid Bishop. He just came out with a new little EP. It's called End of Aquarius. This is a cool song. This is Dead Before Dawn.
And that was Droid Bishop with Dead Before Dawn. And uh, that's from his new EP, End of Aquarius. I keep on wanting to say Age of Aquarius, but that is not what it is. Go support Droid Bishop. He's my buddy and he makes cool music. Maybe I should flip those two thoughts. The, the more important thing is that he makes cool music. The buddy part is secondary. But I dig that track. I dig that little key change thing that happens uh, partway through. That's my favorite little bit. One of these days, I'm going to put together a video that's going to be my favorite bits of songs. Like, you know when you like a song, but really there's that moment where the song just does a cool thing. And it's not the whole track. You know, sometimes you listen to a song, it's like four minutes long. But there's that one part, that part at two minutes and 27 seconds when that weird sound comes in and then all of a sudden it just clicks in your brain and you go that's fucking cool i know what that part is for pretty much all of my favorite songs you know i can be listening to a track and like oh i'm listening to look is set and uh there's that part right before the chorus where the drum like ramps up and does this thing and then this weird synth comes in and that's the part that i always love you know when i'm listening to the song if i'm walking around listening in earphones and like a car drives by and I hear a horn honk and it ruins that part, I will rewind the song so I can hear that bit again. The point is we all love the music. Is that the point? (laughs) That's the point today, man. Uh, So this is cool. Episode 99. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that I've made 99 things. I mean, if I think back to my life, I don't even recall making 99 sandwiches, and I'm 35 years old. I mean, I've certainly made 99 sandwiches, but I've not seen them all stacked up in a row, right? Like, I can look at the Beyond Synth playlist and actually see, oh, there's episode one. I mean, I can look at it right now and go, look at that, episode one with Ogre, and then Hoo-Ha, and Protector 101, and Vincenzo Salvia, and Highway Superstar, and Sunglasses Kid, and the list goes on and on. Grooveworthy. Does he even still make music? That's the cool thing about this show, is it's been going on for, you know, a few years now, that there's lots of people who I've interviewed who aren't even bands anymore. So it's now this thing that just sort of floats there in time. You know, you can go back and say, oh, you know, Blushes, like is Blushes, I don't even think they're a a band anymore. I think they split up. But you can go back and listen to episode 34, and there's Blushes, you know. There they are as a band, all laughing and happy. They're okay, I don't know what... (laughs) I'm making, <laughs> I'm making all this drama out of nothing. You know, got to do what you got to do. Let's listen to some more music. Okay, so we're going to listen to a track. I know we listened to Wojciech last week, but we're going to listen to him again this week because I have to issue a fucking correction, which pisses me off that I have to do this. I don't like to be one of those people who pronounces people's names wrong, all right? It's like a point of pride. You know when you listen to other people and they say people's names and they do it wrong and it hits your ear the wrong way and it's annoying? I don't want to be one of those people. So Wojciech, okay, he's Polish and he has a crazy Polish name, right? And, you know, when he first sent me music, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I want to play it on the show. How do you say your name? Because the last part of his name is nuts. It's G-O-L-C-Z-E-W-S-K-I. So to the English eye, it looks like Golzuski or whatever. And he sent me this robot, like a link, a web link to a Polish pronunciation thing. And he said, just put my name into there. So I put it into there, and the robot lady said Wojciech Goldowski like that. She said Goldowski like with a D. I listened to that thing so many fucking times going... A D sound, really? I mean, it's it's like 
C-Z-E. Like, why is that D? But I don't know anything about Poland, so maybe that's the way their letters sound. Like, when those three letters are together, it's a D sound, all right? It's, it seemed weird to me, but the robot lady said over and over again, Goldevsky, Goldevsky, like that. So I've been calling him Wojciech Goldevsky, like that. I don't know why I'm saying it different now than the my impression of the robot lady, but I've been saying with a D. And then some other Polish guy makes fun of me on the SoundCloud page, going like, oh, I like when English people try to pronounce Polish names, and I'm like, I thought I was doing it right! The robot lady said Goldovsky. I know now it's making my case really bad when every time I say what the robot lady said, I'm kind of pronouncing it differently. But the the main thing was the D sound. So then I go to Wojciech and I'm like, have I been saying your name wrong? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, fucking why didn't anyone tell me? So now I end up being, I've played his tracks on the show like three times now and I've said his name wrong every time. So I'm issuing a correction. It is Golchevsky. Like ch, it's a ch, a ch sound. So it's Wojciech Golchevsky, like that. All right. So there is my official apology, you sons of bitches. Of course, Wojciech is so used to this that he says, you know, when people hear my name, it just sounds like gibberish, anyways. And I'm like, but the point is that I want to say it correctly. So let's listen to some music. This is <laughs> this is Wojciech Golchevsky with Childhood Dream.
And that was Childhood Dream by Wojciech Golchewski off the Signal album. That's his newest album, and it's pretty cool. Check it out. I dig it. And I also dig Golchewski. Golchewski. And hopefully that makes all you Polish people happy. What are Polish people called? Are they Poles? You bunch of fucking Poles. <laughs> hey, guys, let's go to the mail sack real fast. Alright, this is a uh, mail sack from Nathan Winter, and uh, he writes, Hey Andy, I just rewatched The Running Man on Hulu last night, and I was wondering what you thought of this film. I don't think you've ever mentioned it, and would you like to see a remake of this one? I think it has a lot of potential, but it would likely go the way of other 80s movie remakes like Robocop and Total Recall. Visually stunning, yet forgettable. So, um, I think The Running Man is fine. Uh, my favorite part of The Running Man is the song. You know, the... That's the what I like about the running man. Running Man is one of those movies I know everyone gets all pissed off every time they remake, you know, 80s films. And yes, they've all been mostly just mediocre. I mean, I've, I've gone on this rant before about remakes. Uh, a lot of them haven't been terrible. They've just been unremarkable. So, like, when I watch the RoboCop remake or Total Recall, it's not like I'm watching going like, oh, this film's fucking awful. It's just there. You know, it's just not special. It doesn't have the unique quality that the original has. In the case of Running Man, I will say I would not be offended if they remade this film. I would say it is, in my personal opinion, uh, like a middle Arnold film. You know, you've got the great Arnold movies. You've got Predator. You've got Terminator 1 and 2. Total Recall, Conan, you know, like there's, Arnold's been in a lot of really awesome movies. And then you've got those kind of middle movies that are like, they're not bad, they've got some good parts, but I don't, I don't consider Running Man a classic Arnold film. I consider it like one of the good ones, but it's also got a lot of stuff in there that's stupid. And the, the girl in it is terrible. She delivers one of the worst one-liner punchline things I've ever heard in a film. And if I can grab it off YouTube, I will. But uh, the character of Amber, she uh, she's the one who kills Dynamo at the end. Spoiler. Why aren't you laughing? Because there's nothing funny about a dickless moron with a battery up his ass. And it's fucking terrible. Like, Arnold, for all his acting faults, he delivers a punchline like nobody's business, and it's awesome. And he's got an amazing punchline in that film where he threatens the main villain guy. It might be That might be my favorite part of the whole movie, is his delivery of that line. It's so awesome. You cold-blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist, because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! But ultimately, if they remade Running Man, I wouldn't be upset. I know there'd be people on there, uh, you know, in the synth scene and in the retro scene where they'd be like, oh, I can't believe they're remaking the Running Man. But like, honestly, it's a concept that almost seems, you know, pretty valid uh, this day and age. I mean, I almost feel like we're going to get the Running Man at some point anyways. Uh, not that that's a good thing. So I could totally see them running with that idea. That being said, it's not an idea. I don't think that's not been done anywhere else. Like just the idea of like people being thrown into a game where they have to compete 
to survive. I mean, I feel like a lot of movies have done that idea. Maybe not the whole game show, like the cheesy game show aspect of it, but what was happening? Oh, yeah, I was answering a question. Yeah, so to answer the question, um, yeah, I would, uh, I'd be fine with a Running Man remake. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you don't need to watch them. We've seen all of these remakes so far kind of fizzle out and, and burn out. Like, were any of them hits? Like, did Robocop make a lot of money? Did Total Recall Remake make a lot of money? I mean, as far as I know, they keep doing these remakes. People keep complaining about them, and the remakes don't make any money. So I think they must be seeing now that it's not a viable business thing. I mean, Disney's got their live-action remakes, but they're Disney. You know what I mean? So there's uh, the nostalgia of the people it's hitting, I believe, is just a much more viable market. And, you know, The Jungle Book was actually like a fun film. So I know when people like complain about remakes, I thought the live action Jungle Book was a cool movie. I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast, but whatever. What's my point? My point is that I don't feel the need to complain because you don't have to watch it. And ultimately, I think the studio is seeing that they're failing anyways. I mean, there is going to be no RoboCop sequel, because no one really cared about that. No one cared about Total Recall. I know they made uh, Gem. They made, like, Gem and the Holograms into a live action that completely ignored the cartoon. And nobody gave a fuck, right? So no one cares. But I'll tell you what we do care about. Cool music. Here's a fun one from Phaserland from his new album, Cosmic Boundaries. This is Smolder.
And that was Smolder by Phaserland off the Cosmic Boundaries album. And thanks for your question, by the way, Nathan Winter. I just realized I didn't say. Uh, thank you for writing in. And if you want to write in to Beyond Synth, just send me a message on the Facebook page, direct message on the SoundCloud, Twitter. You can send me a private message. Just title it Mail Sack, and I'll read it in the Mail Sack section. Speaking of which, what's the other stuff you got to know? Uh, don't forget to follow Andy Last on Twitter. I am at Andy Last. That's the official Twitter account for the uh, Beyond Synth. Uh, you can follow uh, Facebook.com slash Beyond.Synth.Podcast. That's the Facebook page. Check out SoundCloud.com slash Beyond hyphen Synth. That's where all the Beyond Synth episodes get posted. So chances are, if you're listening to this show, you are probably listening to the SoundCloud feed. And when you're on SoundCloud, please uh, like and comment and stuff like that. It's uh, it's cool to see the uh, the community active. All the jingles on Beyond Synth are done by Hoo-Ha, and the theme song is by Ogre. I like to just remind everybody of that, just in case they are confused or don't know. And of course, every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Beyond Synth plays on Power85.com. Power85 is sort of 24-hour-a-day synthwave station, and uh, you can actually listen to Beyond Synth early because I post the episodes on Monday, but on Thursdays is when the episodes air, and there's a chat going on in Mixler. I understand, I just keep throwing different websites at you. If you go to power85.com, it's technically being hosted by a service called Mixler, and they have a chat going. So every Thursday night when the episode airs, I go into the chat, and there's a bunch of other people who listen to the show, and we uh, chat while the show is airing. And I imagine no one actually listens to what anyone is saying during that time because they're all pretty much just having private conversations. But the point is, that is a way to check out the show and it's always fun to have a live chat with the listeners of the show. And of course, before I forget, uh, Beyond Synth is brought to you by Down to Jam. It's a free website that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. If you are a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out downtojam.com. That's D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. Do it. Now, let's listen to some more music. This is Future Holotape. Uh, they just came out with a new album, Terra District One, and this track is called Desolation.
And that was Desolation by Future Holotape off Terra District 1. Future Holotape. So that's a cool album. You should definitely check it out. And if you want to know more about Future Holotape, all you got to do is go back in time to the Beyond Synth Vault, where all the old episodes are. And Future Holotape was episode 31. And I just played Phaserland earlier. He was episode 32. And later in the show when I talked to uh, Perturbator, I think we referenced uh, Dan Terminus and Ghost, you know, because uh, they were all on tour together in Europe. And Dan Terminus was episode 33. And Dan Terminus and Ghost was episode 62. So, see, there's there's a whole history here, right? A lot of the cool synthwave acts have been on the show. And if you dig their music, uh, go back into the Beyond Synth uh, archive, because chances are I've probably interviewed them. But but in the meantime, let's go to the Patreon. Hey guys and gals, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. That's what we're doing right now. Patreon is a way that you can donate money to the show. It's kind of like a Kickstarter, except you donate uh, a monthly amount. So you can do like a dollar a month up to 4000 which is the one I keep pushing for. It's, it was 3000 I've changed it to four. So I'm pushing for the person who wants to donate $4,000 a month. Please do. It would mean a lot to me. But anyway, uh, these are the lovely people who donate to the Patreon and make Beyond Synth possible. There's Bending Unit 22, Ravonia, Brendan Kellum, Power 85, Lunar Baboon, Knox Bellow, Terrence Thompson, Nathan Winter. Hey, he wrote a question in today. How about that? Russ Nyes, Data Suck, Seach, The Fear Merchant, Kanaz, Argen1981, Russell Hugo, Kyle, Junk Mail Jeff, Python Blue, Eric Valerio, Airman, Adrian King, Replicant 81, Katner, Max Hutchings, Zychorax, I90RR, Mitch Wiseman, Jeff Block, Tomasz Bubinicek, Common Synths, Chris Schmokel, and these are my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's X-Riz Music, Saloya, Kai, Ethan Hennings, Ross Pentland, Stu M, Night Raptor, The Rosconian, Mike Shima, Greg Smith, New Gat Ninja, Veilingo, Simon Norberg, Matthew Lister, Florence Bullock, Mono Memory, Lame Robot, Dougie Fresh, John Eternal, Bobby B, Devious Raven, Roman, and Joe and Lando. And I think Joe and Lando started doing some Let's Play videos through their podcast because I was watching them play that Tom Clancy game, which I had no idea about, but apparently it's fun to play in co-op. And of course... 
There is a new member to the donation of the beast. That's right. I've got three people now donating $6.66. The donation of the beast. Satan. There is Hellroy, Lucas Ceballos, and Blake Peterson. All with the donation of the beast. And of course, my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Jake Last, Trevor Resnick, Colin Bennett, Fraser Trousers, 1984. Fraser Davidson. He keeps changing it every week and it catches me off guard. Victor Garza. Ezra Van Dam. Winfield. Will Lowe. Nathaniel Rivera. Polly Digital. And Jacob Wick. And we have a very special King of the Pattersons this week with a fantastic $25 donation. There is Chris Dance. Chris Dance, you're a cool fucking guy. Maybe the coolest. A lot cooler than these assholes, let me tell you, because that's pretty sweet. Of course, people who donate $25 a month get to uh, sponsor an episode of the show. And uh, I should have probably asked if you wanted to do that. But, uh, you know, you'll still be part of the Patreon for the month. So uh, maybe we'll do that next week or something. Who knows? The point is... I'm very disorganized when I do this whole thing. But, uh, you know, it's all good. It's all good. So thank you very much, uh, Chris Dance, for being a super cool guy. And thank everybody else who donated to the Beyond Synth Patreon. It's pretty fucking cool that you do. You know we reached our goal, so we're, you know, moving ahead on some video stuff. And it's going to be pretty neat or terrible. Let's listen to another track, and then we will talk to Perturbator Part 2. This is Makeup and Vanity Set with the track March.
And that was March by Makeup and Vanity Set from the Brigador Game Soundtrack album, Volume 1. Brigador. And uh, that's a cool track. And if you dig Makeup and Vanity Set, he was also on the show. That was episode 68 and 69. We did a two-parter because he was a really interesting guy to talk to. So listen, that's pretty much all I got to do today, uh, business-wise. So let's now go to my conversation with Perturbator. Alrighty, and I am here with part two of my conversation with Perturbator. How's it going, dude? Very good. What about you? I'm okay. That huge one-week break we just took? Oh, yeah, it was... It was fucking long, man. <laughs> the bottom line is that uh, I'm here with Perturbator. If you didn't hear part one, go listen to part one. This is part two. Uh, we pretty much just focused on dangerous days, and so we're moving forward. We're going to talk about uh, The Uncanny Valley, the follow-up album, which also has a lot of awesome tracks. And uh, that's what we're going to do today, man. Yeah, let's do that. It sounds like a good idea to me. Well, last week's episode there, we were talking about... Uh, gaming and uh and stuff like that and you said you're playing some some pc games i guess you're playing like fallout i mean is that the only sort of like new game you're you're playing besides all the retro stuff actually yeah it's mostly i'm actually a fucking sucker for uh fallout 4 a lot of people hate it but uh, i can't stop playing this game it's the best for me the game that gets me is elder scrolls all right it's the main okay i see you're a you're an enemy okay i get it <laughs> no because it's like it's the same game it's like it's different uh coat of paint yes right because i mean it's the same engine behind those games except you're one of them you're in post-apocalypse and the other one you're in fantasy world and i'm more of a fantasy guy yeah you're more like Tolkien yeah. stuff. I just picked up uh, Skyrim. Well, I, I just picked up. Several months ago, uh, last season, I picked up uh, Skyrim, the uh, remastered for PlayStation. Yeah. And uh, I love that game so much. Like, So I, I understand there's something about those Bethesda games yeah. that they're just so absorbing even when... I'm not doing anything really like when I when I explain what I do when I play Skyrim I essentially play that game like I'm a fucking salesman like I go into caves I fight monsters and I loot you know I loot all the fucking yeah you know the treasure chests and stuff I can find and then I just go to the store and sell it and that's pretty much what I do like there's almost a I was being facetious I love this word. I was being facetious. I actually really like the Elder Scrolls too. Yeah, I mean, it's something about the the way they 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 just make a very compelling. Even though if you're a nerd, there's lots of people who like to complain. You know, in big open world games, how they don't do everything perfectly. Yeah. But yeah. I love open world games that give you all those options. Like to me, when someone's just like, oh, uh, you know, in GTA, like the driving's not as good as when you're playing like, uh, yeah, you, you know, whatever Gran Turismo. And I'm like, yeah, but you get to get out of the car, and then you get to run around and shoot people. Like, so who gives a fuck? Gamers, man. I mean, I'm gonna get a whole community angry at me right now but they're very <laughs> nitpicky i mean usually right yeah they always go oh it's not as good yeah it's not like i wanted the problem now is i just feel like there's too much hype all the time like every game here's all i've noticed from the past few years of games want to talk about numb sky well <laughs> <laughs> i haven't played it yet but the thing is like one 
Every big game gets delayed, so that's a thing that's just sort of standard now. Every time I see an announcement for any game, like at E3, I'm just like, coming 2017, all I think is, nope. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's coming in 2018. Like, why even bother saying it's coming out in 2017? It won't be. And then everyone, like, builds stuff up so huge. I mean, you just brought up No Man's Sky, <laughs> yeah. which I'm still going to play at some point just because I'm curious to try it out. Yeah. But even before it came out, I would watch the videos and I'd go, okay, this game looks interesting, but I don't understand what the game is. Like, I couldn't figure out what the game was. Yeah. And everyone was building it up like it was going to be like the fucking second coming of Christ. And I was watching it going like, well, first of all, it's a team of like, what, like seven people? Like, it's not a huge AAA fucking studio. So I don't know what people were expecting, but it was it was really bizarre, like the fallout of that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be- you know, the, there's a whole, a lot of stories about it, but apparently people got lied to by the studio, which is actually true. I, I, I did my little investigation. On <laughs> Perturbator shit. investigates. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting for me. I, I'm really interested in the, you know, the state of the video game industry. There's a lot of shit that grinds my gears. <laughs> you know, nowadays games, it's like, it's all about fucking reward, random rewards fucking box and microtransactions and shit like that mm-hmm. that fucks me up i hate that shit it's like if i want to go to las vegas and bet some money on some shit I'll, I'll, I'll go to las vegas i'm not gonna fucking play whatever counter-strike or something yeah no i know what you mean to me it, it makes me sometimes if i don't particularly feel too strongly about a game like there's only a few franchises where i'm i just have to buy them when they're new yeah and there's only a few. It's like literally Elder Scrolls I'll buy when they're new, even though I know that every Bethesda game, when it launches, it launches with a ton of fucking bugs that usually like break your quests and all that stuff. Yeah. But I love those games so much, I still have to buy them like when they first come out. Grand Theft Auto, I will always buy day one. Those games are just so fucking good. Mortal Kombat, only because I just have this thing with that franchise, even though... <laughs> They're ridiculous games. For some reason, I still pick them up. I fucking suck at Mortal Kombat. I bought it. We had a PlayStation 4 in the van. Mm. In the van at one point, and I bought, like, Mortal Kombat. I was the worst at it. I was I was getting my ass beaten up by, by just random people who press, like, random buttons. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was yeah. mad at it. I've always loved Mortal Kombat, and so I thought that meant I liked fighting games. And it turns out I just liked Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and I think, I don't know what it was, because like, in the old games, right, you know, you'd always get those nerds yelling at me going like, Street Fighter's the better game. I'm like, it might be the better game, but I just like Mortal Kombat better. I just like the aesthetic of it and the magic yeah. and the robots and shit. It's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so that's the thing. So now when there's all these stupid, like, microtransactions and things, it makes me kind of hold off on buying some games because I just go, well, why buy it now when I know I can get the Game of the Year edition in seven months yeah that has all the dlc and and stuff like that and speaking of mortal Kombat, they did something which made me laugh it was so ridiculous you know when the game came out mortal Kombat x yeah and then of course there was all these dlcs for additional characters and then they came out with mortal Kombat xl which is the game of the year edition with all the dlc and when they announced mortal Kombat xl with all the dlc they said pre-order it now <laughs> to get these additional costumes 
And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, you're actually offering fucking time-exclusive DLC on the fucking thing that's supposed to be the ultimate edition of the game? Like, it fucking blew my mind. Yeah, it's fucking stupid, right? It's really fucking stupid. <laughs> it is. But, I'll tell you what's not stupid. The movies? No, The Uncanny the uncanny Valley by Perturbator. Thank you. Yeah, you should... Before going on to that, you should watch the Mortal Kombat movies. They're uh, a gem. No, they are awesome. Oh, d- hey, dude, <laughs> I own them both on Blu-ray, and we can talk about that later. Cool, but cool. Um, we are going to we are gonna listen to a, a fucking track that is hard as fuck. This is Neo Tokyo by Perturbator.
And that was Neo Tokyo by Perturbator. And that is a fucking cool track. Sort of kicks off the album with uh, letting people know that uh, you mean business. Yeah. I think it's the first album I make or the first release I make where the first track really, you know, you get into the meat of the track like right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was important because I'm, I was tired of making long intros and shit like that. I mean, an intro is a, it's an introduction. And I mean, it's my fourth album. I don't need to introduce myself anymore. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget the intro in the next one, actually. So yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I'm just saying right now is going to be not valid later. <laughs> That's okay. It's a moment in time. That's all that matters. Yeah. So how long did it take you after Dangerous Days did you start working on tracks for this one? I started working on uh, The Uncanny Valley. I started working before Dangerous Days was released. And it took me two years to finish this album and it was a tough two years really tough why because first i changed apartments a lot so the album you know my studio i'm doing everything at home okay it's a home studio Mm. it's a shit home studio by the way i don't have a fancy shit so i was moving around all this gear all the time and uh, even like the acoustics of one place was different and uh, it was just hell to work around that Uh, the album itself was kind of complicated to make because uh, I just wanted it to be like the best perturbator album like the best of what I can do mm-hmm. nowadays when I listen to it I'm still quite proud of it more than I am proud of Dangerous Days on my previous work I'm very proud of Uncanny Valley and you know I wanted to do like very I had very big aspirations for this one right so yeah it took it took longer to to make but in the end i think it was worth it talking about your home studio there do you mix using uh uh headphones or um fucking i use a a pair of uh shitty monitors that i found in a supermarket that cost 20 bucks it's not (laughs) a joke this is not a joke <laughs> how do you do that every time one of my musician peers comes to my house they go like they see the the monitors they go like man so where are the real monitors that you use for mixing and i'm like no this is it this is what i use so are you surprised by what your music sounds like when you like go on tour and stuff just like oh wow like this is bigger than i thought not really because uh i've been i've been rolling with these monitors for uh six years now everything i listen to are listening through those pieces of shit <laughs> i know exactly where they fail it's kind of weird it's kind of weird i know where they fail i mean the, the low end socks this, this type of stuff you know so i know how to compensate my own music so that it doesn't fail and i do listen to headphones Rarely, but you know, at the end of the mix, just to make sure everything is on point. You know. Speaking of uh, people visiting your studio, I think Dan was telling me in one of his shows about how he's uh, he told a nice story of uh, staying at your apartment and you 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 had to give him the bed because he's so tall. Yeah, I gave him my bed and I slept on a fucking couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. Well, that was a nice thing to do. You're a nice guy. I'm nice. I'm very nice. Too nice sometimes. <laughs> Next time Dan is here, I'll, I'll give him the couch. <laughs> say, fuck you, buddy. No, I won't. Actually, I enjoyed sleeping in my bed after Dan was there. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So what have you been doing like in, in Fallout then? How do you play those sorts of games? Like if you started multiple games or are you just focusing on one specific uh, character? I always uh, do only one character. I always, I'm kind of like you. I'm just going through every, it's like there's a lot of stuff to see in mm-hmm. those games. So I'll, I just go into every little parts of this made up world and I look at everything every item every fucking thing and it's kind of annoying for someone who's next to me watching me play because I spend more time watching stuff than actual playing yeah 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 and that's why I actually have I think I I have so many hours on Fallout and most of these hours like I I would say 70% of these hours is just me looking at the world I love the world I love the lore of Fallout so yeah, they put the same sort of uh, time into into the Skyrim one with all the books around that you can find. And I know for anyone watching me play, it's the same thing. Like, I'm playing an epic fantasy adventure where I'm hunting down the last dragons and absorbing their souls and shit. Yet when anytime someone watches me play, I'm in the fucking store bartering with these assholes. Yeah to sell them shit I found in caves. I mean, like, that's... Yes. <laughs> meanwhile, there's this whole epic story going on about fucking dragon shouts and all this stuff and weird old druids, and I'm here just like, yeah, I found a fucking old bone and I stole a couple bowls from... Literally, <laughs> in Skyrim, this time that I bought the game, I've probably put in, I don't know how many hours, but, you know, maybe like 30 or 40 hours into the game so far. Yeah. And literally the entire point of this, this playthrough has been to level up my speech skill so that I can steal stuff yeah. and then sell it back to the people who I just stole it from. I do the same, man. It's the same. <laughs> All my friends, they hate Fallout for some reason, for unknown reasons. So I'm always like trying to uh, sell it to them, mm-hmm. sell it to them. I'm like, hey, look, look how awesome it is. So I'm playing in front of them, but I'm doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they go like, what's the point? I'm like, dude, look, it's... First of all, look, there's a beautiful town here. It's beautiful, right? Mm. You're like, oh, where's the cars? I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck it. Where's the prostitutes? Isn't this that game where you get to pick up prostitutes? <laughs> there's actually prostitutes in Fallout. Is there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. I only started a game. M- uh, female, male, and even uh, ghoul prostitutes. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last one I played was Fallout 3. I don't I don't think I ever did New Vegas, although I was told that it was good. New Vegas is cool. Do you get into the whole house building thing in Fallout 4? Yeah, I love it. It's like, if I play uh, Sims in front of my friends, they all will make fun of me. Mm. But if I play Sims in Fallout, it's more badass. I can, I can kind of pretend that I'm doing something interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I can hide the fact that I'm still building a house and putting little chairs and furniture here <laughs> being fancy and shit it's amazing when I realize the shit that I'm doing in a game that I will focus on in my real life like I'll have this messy room but then in the game I'm like stacking things all neat and going like what the fuck am I doing like I'm just like what, what is happening <laughs> yeah Listen, let's uh, let's listen to another track here. Go ahead. This was a cool one I really dug. This is a track called Death Squad.
And that was Death Squad by Perturbator. And um, this track, I love that sort of synth horn kind of melody thing that comes in at about the 1 minute and 40 mark. Yeah. I just Thank love you. that. I don't know. I, I can't do it, but uh, I love that oh, you, sound. You definitely do it. And I would I would have sampled you. <laughs> What's it? What is that sound? What is it? Is it a horn? A synth horn? Like, what is that thing? It's a synth, man. It's a lead. Like, basic. It's a CS80. The Yamaha CS80. One of the classic leads used by Angulus and the Blade Runner soundtrack. So I'm, I'm just using that. It's, but it's a synth sound, definitely. This whole track is uh, more like industrial type sounds. More like hard, electro. I think it's the most electronic sounding track in the album. Well, it's uh, it's definitely a fucking cool song, man. Thanks. Thanks. So what was coming to mind when you were working on it? Okay, I listened to a lot of, uh, I don't know if you know this guy's name. His name is uh, Gizafelstein. Yeah, he's my neighbor. Oh, yeah, good. Good old Gizafelstein. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always saying that. That fucking rascal, I go outside and he's like stealing my garbage bin. I'm like, oh, Gizafelstein. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah he's, a, yeah, he's a special lad. I don't know. I, I really like his tracks, okay? It's a very good producer. I like the way he mixes everything. It's, like, very minimalistic, but it sounds fucking hard as fuck. Mm. And I wanted to do this type of thing with a track, like a very minimalistic track, simple, but the the beat is key in this track. It's like, you know, in terms of visual visuals, I guess, I, I wasn't thinking much about it. On this track specifically, I just wanted, you know, it's like a future club number two. It's like just something that can that you can put in a club. Right. Yeah. 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 A very dancey track, I guess. We didn't talk about this. I mean, we talked about a lot of the European tour stuff, but there was. Uh, uh, I remember, like, I think you came to Montreal. Yeah. And that was the one with the Miami Nights, nineteen eighty four, right? Like, was he there as well? I saw Michael from Miami Nights and uh, Le Matos. By the way, uh, do you know that? Do you know what it means? Le matos. It's kind of like the stuff, but in Paris, it's the word used to, uh, you know, to describe drugs. Okay. So it's like, hey, do you have le matos? Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I do. It's ten bucks for one gram. Yeah. <laughs> They're very cool. I I loved uh, hanging out with them. Michael, he's tall as fuck too, but he's I don't know. He's like he reminds me like of, of a big polar bear yeah. <laughs> it's very charming I, I love him I love his jokes too yeah I know on the uh, the Christmas show he did a little he came on the Christmas show as well the one that you were on and uh, he said some pretty ridiculous shit to do with that it's <laughs> yeah. cool as fuck man I would definitely hang out with him without putting any sexual tension between him and I but just <laughs> just two friends hanging out together <laughs> never crossing the line yeah, man, I saw some fun pictures because you guys went to that uh, in Montreal. That's my favorite church is the one that reminds me of Zelda. Oh, yeah. I call it the Zelda church. I don't even know what the fuck it's actually called. My brother lives in Montreal, and so I would always be like, let's go to the Zelda church. Cause I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just hanging out, and we saw like this church, and we were like, oh, let's do some fucking pictures in it. Let's try to look cult as fuck. <laughs> look cult as fuck. <laughs> we, pro- we probably look very stupid. Because we were like literally doing an improvised photo shoot next to fucking crosses 
people around the church was like giving us the look, you know. Yeah. What the fuck are you guys doing? We just squatted next to a fucking picture of Jesus Christ or something like that. (laughs) In that particular show then, were you guys, you guys weren't playing together, right? Like you were doing like separate nights of a thing? Yeah, he played one night and I played the next one. I played uh, Danger, electronic artists from France. Again, a dude that hides behind a mask. Yeah, lots of those, man. Even, I think Carpenter Brute's doing a thing now, isn't he? Like, wearing a veil or something? Uh, I think he, j- he just does it for the interviews. I actually don't see the point because, I mean, everyone can see his face during the live shows. Mm-hmm. But during the interviews, he puts a veil. <laughs> There's this fucking hilarious video that I loved. Because Magic Sword, right? Like, they've got, they've got the masks with the lights in them and stuff. Yeah. And there is an awesome video of Magic Sword doing an interview in front of like someone's I don't know if they had like a show or they were just doing it in front of a crowd mm-hmm. and he's there in full fucking costume like doing this interview with this person in front of like a like a room full of people <laughs> and it was amazing like I just when I saw that I was just like this is so fucking awesome like I love when people just go for it like there's just something yeah. awesome about it they stay in character yeah it's awesome it's cool. I think I think I heard somewhere like I think it's Carpenter Boot who said it, but I think the whole point of having a mask and hiding your face is like, oh, we want to focus more on the music. Right. I mean, it's cool. I can respect that and I understand. I just feel like, you know, you know, showing your face doesn't cancel the fact that you're still making music mainly. So people, they always focus on the music anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm of two minds of the whole thing because I like to tease people who wear masks, but at the same time, I appreciate the theatricality of it because, yeah. you know, when, when you're inspired by this retro stuff and 80s things yeah. and stuff, it's like there's a, an earnestness to the 80s. Like there's kind of no irony. Yeah. And so there is something that I do like about the fact that Ghost has a skull mask. Like he's just, and, and I love that his mask looks like the skull is smiling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I always like to refer to him as like the happiest skeleton in Synthwave because that skull actually has a smile on it. Does he like when you call him like that? I think. He... <laughs> I know. I think I called him that on the show, like when I had him on, like the the happiest skeleton in Synthwave. <laughs> he probably kind of winced at that. Well, he's got a good sense of humor. Ah, uh, no. no. <laughs> no, he does. He does. I was just. With it. Listen, let's listen to another track, man. This was a collab you did with uh, Greta Link. Yeah. This is Venger by Perturbator. It's a lot of errs. Yeah.
And that was Venger by Perturbator featuring Greta Link. And I'm here with Perturbator right now. We're talking about taking pictures in churches and happy skeletons and stuff. So who is Greta Link? How did you find this person? Because I think I... I followed up and went to their band camp, and it was, uh, you know, it was a totally different style of music. So, like, how did you come across them? Actually, if you knew your Perturbator well, I'm taking a little jab at you right now. If you knew your Perturbator well, you would know she already was singing on a track from um, me uh, on I Am The Night. Called- oh, fuck me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. We all make mistakes. <laughs> It's so weird for some reason when I was listening to this thing because I've been so focused on these these two, the new albums. When I saw the name Greta Link, I was like, there was something kind of familiar about it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, this is new because usually it's with, uh, you know, a Gulliver Seek or or Dead Astronauts. And and, uh, it seemed like new to me for some reason. I am not mad. Don't worry. (laughs) This is important for my audience to know that I am fallible, you know, because sometimes people, they ask me questions and stuff as if I'm some sort of like synthwave encyclopedia. Oh, yeah. You have to show them that you're still human. And that's important. But it's, uh, yeah. And, and so they'll say stuff like, oh, have you heard uh, something that sounds like this? Or they'll ask me if I've heard certain artists. And I, when I'm sometimes I'm just like flat out like, no, I've never listened to them. They're like, what? I'm like, dude. There's fucking, like, thousands of hours of shit, and I've got to fucking make a show. Like, I can't listen to, you know, I can't listen to everything. And plus, there's the stuff I like, and when I like something... Of course. I'll just sit there and listen to that and not listen to any new music. So, like, when I'm sitting there, like, when New Perturbator comes out, then I'm just sort of like, you know, there's there might be other stuff, and people are submitting tracks for me to listen to, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just gonna... I'm in Perturbator land for a little while. You know, you call me when it's finished. It's a good land. So talk to me about this person, who is not a new collaboration, but a Apparently a very old one that I should have known. <laughs> it's okay. Th- th- don't worry. I'm not mad. Okay. <laughs> no, she's a she's a really cool person that I actually know from a, a while, and uh, she talked to me first. I think it was a while ago, four years ago, something like that. Five, maybe. Not mm-hmm. sure. And uh, I believe she was the first, one of the first person who kind of asked if she could feature in a track of Perturbator. And uh, I went, fuck yeah, let's do it. And it worked pretty well. I mean, this this track from I Am Night that you didn't know, but it's okay, I'm not mad. It's okay. (laughs) Is this going to be the theme for the rest of the show? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not mad, don't worry. (laughs) That's what I'm going to call this episode. This is going to be called, like, I Am Not Mad with Perturbator. (laughs) No, but the, the collaboration went very well, and um, the track itself became sort of like a, a little fan fa- favorite from a specific niche of perturbated listeners, I guess. Like, there's something different about the tempo in which she sings or something. My music terminology is terrible, but, like, the other tracks you do with, uh, you know, like, with Dead Astronauts and Isabella and stuff, they have a certain style to them, like a, a dreamlike quality. Yeah, this one is one of the first vocal tracks uh, I made. Well, it's not actually slow. It's more like, it's you know, there's a steady rhythm to it. And I wanted to bring it back into singing with uh, me on the track. Because first of all, I, I you know, like I like her voice. And I think it would be a cool thing to have her again on an album. And I pitched her the track and I told her, like, let's try something uh, more pop-ish. This is definitely the most 
pop track on the album and it was deliberate you know i wanted to do like very classic structure catchy hooks and shit like that mm-hmm. and uh, i think her voice fits really well it's one of my favorites from the from the album actually well it's a good song man i dig it thank you I dig the very first collaboration you did with Greta Link called Venger from the album The Uncanny Valley. Yeah, I'm not mad. <laughs> All right, no, you're a human, man. And it's good, it's good that you let your audience know. <laughs> that I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> you fuck up, man. <laughs> um... I saw a fun story there. I was just going through doing a little research about you using the power of Twitter to return some dude's wallet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. And it was a fucking crazy story, man. I was in Iceland, and I took a cab, and one of my crew guys found uh, a wallet complete with everything inside, like, you know, driving license, credit cards, IDs, phone. There was everything in it. Mm. And, uh... We were on the cab to the way back home, so from Iceland to France. So, and I thought, like, fuck, we need to do, like, we need to find this dude because we're gonna go get back to France and it's gonna be weird. So, uh, we tried everything. I tried a lot of shit. We tried turning on his phone, but it was not working because it has a password. We tried every password possible. We, try, we tried everything, man, to contact him. It wasn't one, two, three, four? I tried that. It wasn't that. I tried everything, man. I even tried his birth date. Oh, that's right, because he had his wallet. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I had everything about this guy. I had every information about this dude. Mm. Maybe he's listening to the show right now because now he's... Uh, he knows about Perturbator. Yeah. We tried everything. We didn't find him on Facebook. We didn't find him on Twitter. We didn't find him anywhere except uh, this website called LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> Fucking LinkedIn. Jesus Fucking Christ. I, I still to this day don't quite understand what LinkedIn is. All I know is I get emails from them all the time telling me I should join it. Yeah, same here. Everybody tells me like, oh, you should be on LinkedIn. The thing is, we saw this dude LinkedIn and we thought, oh, perfect. Now I can send him an email, but his email address was not here. (laughs) It's nothing. It's just like a fucking digital CV, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made a fake account called I found your wallet. (laughs) (laughs) I sent him a couple of friend requests. He didn't answer to me for a while and didn't give a shit, so I took it to Twitter and told like some of my listeners to add him and shit like that because I I wanted to give back his wallet I felt like I was doing something good man I felt like a you know a hero like yeah like a hero like a <laughs> like a cheap real life superhero so you it actually worked right it like- did work he contacted me after like three weeks or something like that and he said oh my god man you you found my wallet whatever uh, what, what the fuck dude and uh, he gave me uh, an address I should send it to and oh, you know it it's happy ending, basically. He also proposed me as a reward. He, he wanted to buy me a bottle of wine. I think it's because I'm French. <laughs> Just a stereotypical gift. Do you like wine? <laughs> I love wine, man. See, we, we got to talk about this because uh, I, love I think I mentioned it briefly in the Christmas episode, but you know, the last time I talked to you all these years ago, you, you didn't drink. No. And now I see f- pictures of you on the internet in front of a bar with a bunch of empty glasses and stuff. Actually, did I, did I specifically said that I didn't drink? Because maybe I was lying a bit. I, I was always kind of drinking a bit, but, you know. <laughs> 
touring made it worse. Hmm. So you telling me you were telling me stories the first time you were on? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. I'm not mad. <laughs> listen, we're gonna listen to another track, dude. It's all right, dude. I'm not. Yeah, yeah I'm not mad. Be, we we can both be, not be mad at each other. Well, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> It's such a stupid show I have. All right, this is a fucking cool track. This is Diabolus Ex Machina by Perturbator.
And that was Diabolus Ex Machina by Perturbator. And I'm here with Perturbator right now, and we are both not mad at each other. And this track is awesome. And I think what I noticed in this album, Mm -hmm. uh, more so than in the previous ones, and especially in this track, is that you're doing a lot more sort of experimenting with the sort of the... um, like the beat structures and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of tracks that have this sort of like break beat yeah. kind of thing where like the, the beat stops and then like this new one kind of comes in just goes like and like sort of like switches up the tempo a bit and then kind of like jumps back. Well, there's only a number of fucking tracks you can make that are always like, you know, four or four type time signature mm-hmm. until it becomes boring, I guess. So experimenting with the rhythm and uh, the, the drum parts in particular has become uh, one of my main focus mm-hmm. I'm doing. so is that a style that's sort of going to be more prevalent going forward yeah definitely i mean you know synthwave in general it bases a lot of its codes on you know this very steady rhythm and i think you know if we want to kind of move forward and do some more interesting stuff we have to experiment with more uh, strange structures and stuff like that yeah for sure man well this track is definitely really cool like what i said before about sort of listening to music and picturing you know having images in my head i know this particular track what sprung out to me and i don't know what you have in your head but this was also one where i imagined robots but this was like this track is is so perfect for like a villainous army of robots but like the kind of robots that can like climb up walls and stuff (laughs) Because <laughs> when I listen to this track, I picture a sort of a Terminator-type scenario with, like, dudes in, like, the Jeep where they got the big laser cannon guns, and then there's, like, so many robots swarming that they're, like, climbing up the walls and the ceilings and stuff. And that's very specific. You want me to give you a, a camera and you can... Yeah. <laughs> but that's totally what I pictured. For some reason, with this song, I'm just like, oh, this is totally a fucking... One of those scenes that just seems hopeless because there's so much... Do you watch Game of Thrones? No, I don't. I'm actually the only guy in this world... Well, listen. I think everyone's going to hate me now. Can you edit that out? <laughs> I, I watch Games of Thrones. Okay, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, fantasy isn't everybody's cup of tea. I will personally say that I think Game of Thrones is amazing. But anyway, there was this, there's a particular sequence where there was like this army of skeletons that were like filling up this walkway. Like these people were like escaping and like the skeletons are like running up the ceilings and stuff chasing after them. Yeah. So I just picture this with that sort of same kind of thing with robots. The kind of robots, you know, where like they look like Terminators, but they can also like run like spiders with their arms. Like, uh, anyway, that's... <laughs> Man, you, you went full creative mode with that. Uh, very... It's very sweet. Well, it's a fucking cool song. Like that's the that's what I pictured as. It's like, oh, this would be so awesome in that that context. What I pictured when I made this music was more like me going to the supermarket and buy yogurt. <laughs> what kind of yogurt do you like? Uh man, that's a, that's a tough one. These are the kind of questions that people want to know. Perturbator fans want to know what uh, what kind of yogurt he buys. Yeah, I like fruits. Like, fruit-flavored yogurt. See, I have a problem, personally, with yogurt that has the fruit bits in it. Oh, uh, no, I don't like those. Fuck that. Yeah, see, I like the ones, there's the yogurts that they just sort of flavor the yogurt with fruit, but there's no actual chunks of shit in there. It's just the fruit taste, and but it's still creamy. It's still uh, sweet in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> So those are my favorite yogurts. What an amazing way to word that. 
think I'm, I'm French, so I'm kind of like a poet in some ways. <laughs> it's a sweet in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could high five you, I would. Yeah, me too. Yeah, man, I've I've never been a fan of like plain gross yogurt or like the one with the fucking <laughs> the fruits in the bottom, man. It's just it's all wrong. I, I'm very particular when I eat food about texture. So I mean, the taste is important, but a lot of the foods I don't like have to do with just the texture of them. If they just feel weird, yeah. So you w- you wouldn't eat insects and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, just because of the texture. That's the only reason. Sorry for everyone eating while listening to that. <laughs> They were all excited, too. The listeners were sitting there, and they said, well, they're about to talk about yogurt, and then they got their food ready, and then... <laughs> I think hitting play on this podcast, they thought we would talk about music. <laughs> I think people are past wanting me to talk about music with the guests. <laughs> Cause it's I, never about music, right? No, it never is, but that's what's awesome, right? Because I get people who will complain, right? Because they'll just be like, there's... It's like, how come you're always talking about all this other shit? I'm like, because then I wouldn't make the fucking show. I like, I need to have fun when I talk to people. Like, I got to sit here and like edit these episodes for like hours and it's hours. It's kind of boring to talk about music, right? For like an hour. The thing is, there's uh, pretty much like the majority of the people who listen to the show are like they want to make, you know, electronic music too, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. So they expect the, the people you invite to talk about, you know, to deliver their production secrets and shit like that yes and i never ask those questions because i i always find it i mean i at one point i made up a joke where i did like i was trying to get a theme song written where i would just like <laughs> just and now it's time for a boring question and then i just do the what daw do you use <laughs> what is your favorite vst plugin <laughs> well there will be none of that here it's all secret you know <laughs> magician never reveals his tricks and even if you know my tricks you would be disappointed because it's all you know 20 bucks monitors and shit like that yeah no that's the thing now we know the trick is just buying shitty speakers yeah that's the trick you too can be perturbator with a bunch of supermarket speakers yeah don't forget to uh, put the sound as loud as possible yeah (laughs) you know make it unlistenable I did have another track uh, planned to listen to on the album, but I, is there a track that uh, that's like one of your favorites on there that we haven't uh, talked about that you uh, want people to listen to? On the uh, Uncanny Valley? Yeah. I think it's the one that I'm the most proud of is um, Disco Inferno. Well, let's, uh, let's listen to it, man. This is Disco Inferno by Perturbator. Thank you. 
that was Disco Inferno by Perturbator, and I'm chatting with Perturbator right now, having a lovely catch-up, yeah. uh, talking about yogurt and stuff. So what what is it about that track? You said that was the one you were the most proud of on the album. I think it's the one, and I think you can hear it in the track, it's the one where I had a lot of ideas, and instead of something I usually do is like I have one one or two cool gimmicks I put in a, I put in a track and uh, the, the gimmick kind of makes the track so it's like oh you know Future Club for example it's the drop everyone everyone talks about the drop and stuff like that hmm. and Spoon Inferno is really it's all gimmicks it's all little ideas that I had and I didn't focus on any of them I just m- put them all side to side and uh, this this makes for a very morphing track I, I don't know what to say it's like you know the track is always changing right and uh, the beginning sounds a bit like you know regular uh, gritty disco whatever and you know there's this weird part with uh, funk guitar in it and shit like that And but it's still kind of heavy in some way I had a lot of fun doing this one actually did you find because you were talking before about how you were switching apartments and all this time did you find that that helped I mean like once you got settled did a different space change you know what kind of music you were making actually on this specific track on Disco Inferno it's funny that you say it because I never thought about it but Disco Inferno was, you know, the, I started the track when I was in whatever apartment, and then I switched apartments, and I keep, I kept making the track, and I kept building it, always changing places and shit like that, and maybe that's why it sounds so inconsistent, but still somehow interesting, I guess. Maybe, maybe it's interesting. I don't know. Are you a good tenant? Okay, I'm a very good tenant. Okay, I'm the best. <laughs> it's amazing to me too. Like when I talked before, was that last week's episode or whatever? When I was talking about taking a lot of shit, that's another thing that surprises me because I'm a very good tenant. You know what I mean? Like I'm always rent. Sometimes I'll pay rent months in advance. You know, like we'll get everything all ironed out and be good tenant. We don't complain even when shit's broken. That's just the kind of person I am. Like in in the first apartment I lived in in Toronto, yeah, my ceiling in my apartment literally collapsed because it was leaking and it was it, it like started to sink. Shit, and the landlord wouldn't fix it and I didn't really like argue or fight it was like my first place away from home and uh, and then one day there's just this loud crash and the ceiling just blew up all this fucking drywall powder and fucking plaster everywhere but the thing was my mom uh, was a was a landlord for a while in a little place in Montreal yeah my brother was in Montreal so he was watching the apartment and they had these crackheads that like moved in there and they did like the most crackhead stuff I've ever heard of in my life. So they filled the place with garbage and they were trying to evict them and they couldn't. So like Montreal has very like, it's really hard to evict people even if they are like complete scumbags. Yeah. So when these people finally left after months of not paying rent, you know, like for like half a year and like they just didn't pay, when they left, they stole... Besides taking everything, they stole all the appliances. So they actually stole the washing machine, the fucking, like, the fridge and shit. How do you steal a, a fridge, man? How do you get fucking that in your crackheads. Pocket? Crackheads develop a fucking superhuman strength to steal things that they can sell. Like, it's, a, it's an amazing power they get. And they took the fucking like they like took the light fixtures out of the walls and stuff very smart you no know, it's but it was like when i when it happened it was just sort of like whoa like that is just the compl- like meanwhile i'll sit in there and i'll let my fucking ceiling explode 
<laughs> and and the tenant can just fu- and the landlord can like walk all over me. And there is people who will fucking leave. They just won't pay rent, and then they'll fucking steal the appliances. Like it just blew my mind. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, you should have stole your appliances from your last places. Yeah. Well, I did. I did something when I left too. <laughs> Is this the story about Perturbator taking his shit on the floor and the... No, no, no. I left... Um, I actually don't know how to explain it in English because it's very specific. But I left some uh, shrimps inside the windows cracks, like very, like <laughs> hidden, so that they would rot. It's not that I did it. It's not a joke. I was very mad at the landlord because, you know, when he kicked me out, he left me like... He, he gave me like a week to leave and I asked him like what is it about it's about is it because the music maybe it's loud he's like no and uh, I was just mad man he didn't give me any answers just kicked me out like a like a dick yeah that's not a cool move man so I, was a, uh, I was being a dick too you know you know vengeance no you did no you deserve revenge they're not supposed to do that like they're supposed to give you time it's illegal to, to do that right yeah I left shrimps to rot on that fucking window <laughs> The Revenge of Perturbator. It sucks. It's not a good revenge. I should have done better. But <laughs> next time. Oh, that is fucking amazing, man. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <sighs> yeah. Well, listen. Let's uh, we'll listen to one more track, and then maybe we can uh, wrap this up. We've been talking for a really long time. Yeah, go ahead. And I imagine you got some uh, some fucking shit to do. So here is the titular track from the Uncanny Valley. This is. The Uncanny Valley by Perturbator.
And that was The Uncanny Valley by Perturbator. And I'm here with Perturbator right now. We've had a lot of fun here. It's been nice catching up with you. Yeah, it's very fun, very pleasant. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> no, I'm not mad at you. You made some mistakes here and there, but I'm not going to nitpick. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so talk to me a bit, uh, The Uncanny Valley. Of course, we're talking about uh, people making weird Japanese sex robots that just seem a little bit off. Is that what this album is about? <laughs> Actually, no, but it's, <laughs> it's a good theory. It's a good one. The album has a complete, very specific st- storyline, which I never revealed but it's all here, here in the tracks and in the name of the tracks and shit like that and kind of in the comic that's included with the album and shit like that. But this last track was uh, kind of like an ending thing, you know, it's the last track on the album. And I wanted to do a sort of weird tribute to old prog rock-ish synth music, like, you know, those big goblin tracks or those huge, uh, you know, Vangelis big opera sounding tracks like space opera thing yeah 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 so uh that's what this track was about that's what was on my mind when i made it and uh i don't know i felt like it was a great way to close the album in a very you know dramatic fashion this track has uh has it all it has guitars actually the whole second part of the album has a lot of guitars a lot of stuff that's where i focused more on uh production and shit like that mm-hmm. first part of the album is more like you know classic perturbator like normal perturbator with still some surprises here like you know jazz tracks and shit like that but yeah i think uncanny valley the, the track itself is a, uh, it's like the grand finale of everything well it's a fucking cool track and it's a cool album and uh that's andy last review of perturbator thank you nice review <laughs> I give it uh, five shrimps out of five. <laughs> oh, shrimps. Yeah. That's my that's my <laughs> new rating scale now. It should be out of ten, really. Oh, fine. Ten shrimps out of ten, then. You could say nine. Don't worry. No album is perfect. How about <laughs> nine and a half? I just don't want you to be mad at me anymore. Okay, truth be told, I'm still kind of mad a little bit. I'm <laughs> trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to swallow it. I'm yeah. trying to, like, you know. Take it on myself, okay? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mad. Really. I'm not really mad. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, look, it was good catching up with you. Let's uh, let's do this again in another three years. Let's do it. Let's do it in three years from now when you'll be like full white hair. I think I, I will. I'll be in my prime. Like I'll be like fucking like wearing tuxedos. <laughs> Is that is that how you envision the look of Perturbator evolving? Yeah, tuxedos. Well, why not, man? Do it. Oh no, no, actually, no, no. Fuck it. I'll still, I'll still dress up like I'm from, like I'm a fucking skater from the nineties. Well, how about <laughs> from the nineties? <laughs> well, you need uh, maybe there's a way you can merge those those things. Have a tuxedo, but then have like a backwards cap or something. Oh, like a tuxedo skater? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'll talk about it with uh, Christian Dior and uh, all the big famous, all my costume designers. Yeah. <laughs> Do it, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I want to see some cool, moody pictures of Perturbator like scowling at the camera, but in a fucking suit. Oh, I'll make it moody as fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, dude, uh, you have a lovely French evening. 
Thank you. Have a lovely American. Oh, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up, did I? <laughs> I'm not mad, man. I swear. I think it's a great way to end the show with. <laughs> He's fucking up. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, you have a you have a lovely day, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon, man. And keep making awesome music because I like it a lot. Talk to you soon, man. And thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure. I'm getting less and less mad. <laughs> <laughs> And that was Perturbator. Uh, we had a good time. I always enjoy talking with him. He's fun. And uh, maybe we'll talk again in another three years. I'll put him on the old three-year cycle. But he's a super talented dude, and uh, I always look forward to what he makes. And that is all for this week. So tune in next time for the 100th episode of Beyond Synth. I don't want to do too much fanfare. It's not necessarily a celebration episode, but I will be chatting with somebody who... Uh, I've been meaning to have on the show for a long time who finally agreed to do it. But even then, I don't even want to even say that as a hint because then everyone's going to be like, oh, you're going to finally have so-and-so on? And I'm like, no, not that one, this one. But it's a short list. The point is it's a short list, okay? What is this? I don't have to impress you. (laughs) Kiss my ass, man. It's my show. Um... Listen, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. I'm the